Kings, chapter number 6. 2 Kings, chapter number 6. Again, I'm grateful and thankful for the privilege and the opportunity to be in the house of God. Thankful for the privilege to pray and glad that we can come together tonight. My prayer is that we can leave better by being here and that the Lord would meet with us and help us. And we certainly do need Him and can't do anything without Him tonight. don't want to try, but I, I do desire His help and I desire your prayers tonight that He would help us and touch us and we might be a help and a blessing to you tonight. Second Kings chapter 6, let's stand if you're able and willing to do so out of reverence and honor to the reading of the Word of God. I'm going to read very familiar scripture and a very familiar record and account in the Word of God, but I want to try by the help of God to give you what the Lord has burdened my heart with and give unto me for the service here tonight. Second Kings chapter 6, I begin reading in verse number 1. And the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold now, the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan. Let us take thence every man a beam. Let us make us a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, Go ye. One said, Be content, I pray thee. Go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them. When they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water. And he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. The man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed him the place. And he cut down a stick and cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. Therefore said he, Take it up to thee. And he put out his hand and took it. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Now we read these verses here tonight, and no doubt you've probably heard these verses read and preached on and taught on probably many times along the journey. It seems like from this Scripture there are really two things, at least in my experience and in my Christian life, that about every time a preacher takes his text from Second Kings chapter 6, he's going to preach on one or two things. The majority of the time, he's either going to preach on the comment that was made in verse number 1 where the sons of the prophets said the place is too straight for us. I've heard a lot of preaching about that. And the application that many people are uh, wanting out of the old time way and the reality is in the context and I know the application uh, can be made but the reality is they weren't saying this to try to get away from the man of God but they wanted a place where they could all dwell together with the man of God that would accommodate them they requested for him to go with them and not only did they request for him to go with them they requested his permission before they ever left to go build another place for them to dwell. Then the other message most of the time that's preached is the fact that the iron did swim. And there's a lot of things about 
of that part of the story about the axe head coming off and of the loss of power. And we may, 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 if it's the will of God, say something about that tonight. But really where my heart is, and I felt real drawn to this scripture and have read over it several times this week and I just tried to pray and meditate and not get ahead of God and ask the Lord what He wanted me to preach on and deal with from this scripture. And it was unclear to me for a long time until today what the Lord desired for us to look at in the scripture. But I, I, I want to look at the desire that these prophets, these sons of the prophets had when they looked to the man of God and they said the place where we dwell is too straight for us. Let us go, we pray thee, under Jordan and take thee up every man of beam and let us make a place there where we may dwell. Or in other words, they said let's make a bigger place with more room for us and I, I, I began to look at that and the Lord began to deal with my heart I want to preach tonight on a desire to grow I think that's what these sons of the prophets had a desire to grow now all through the word of God we are admonished and encouraged to grow it's natural for the child of God to grow if there's no growth I'm talking about spiritual now if there's no spiritual growth then there's something wrong with the child of God. It would be no less natural for a child to be taken to the doctor for their checkup at whatever stage of life. Maybe a baby's born and then at six months they go to the doctor and if there was no growth, the doctor would be concerned, the parents would be concerned and they would begin to spend all their time and all their effort trying to figure out what's wrong that's keeping the child from growing. I believe it ought to be the same in the spiritual life. If you've been saved for a year and you're no closer to God and no farther down the road than you were a year ago, then there's something wrong. There ought to be some examination by the great physician about what's impeding the growth in your life. I think there ought to be a desire in every child of God to grow. We ought to want to leave every service better than we come. And I understand it's not in our ability, but there is some effort uh, that we have to put forth uh, in this thing. Now I want to notice some things. I don't have anything fancy tonight but I God I believe uh, what the Lord wants for the service. Uh, there are some things I think we ought to take notice of uh, that I myself had never seen uh, in this manner until the Lord began to t- talk to me and help me uh, through the scriptures and burn my heart. Uh, the master was pleased uh, with the growth. Now there's a lot of so-called growth in our day that the Lord's not pleased with. There's a lot of growth that really ain't growth. There's a lot of growth that's really swelling. It's not growing. It has to be alive for it to grow. But not everything that's getting bigger is growing because not everything that's getting bigger is alive. But here in the scripture, the master, they speak to him and call him their master. I believe he is, Elisha is a type of Christ in this scripture, a type of God. And he is pleased with the growth. It's not self-centered growth. It's not selfish growth. It's not carnal growth. It's not about them kind of growing. But they want a place where they can dwell together with the people of God in the presence of the 
man of God and to learn more about God and a place where they can grow. I say God is pleased with people that want to come together among the people of God, around the man of God. Not that the man of God is any different really than any other person, but the only difference in him is his calling. But God did choose through the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Under the world, what we're doing tonight is foolishness. But under us which are saved, it is the power of God. And we understand that. And so there's a great need for growth. And growth will happen in the church through the Word of God and the preaching of the Word of God. That's how we grow. If you don't feed a child, it will not grow. If you feed a child junk, it won't go. It won't go right. Its senses won't develop right. Its brain won't develop right. It's studied. It's been proven. They have to have certain nutrition in order to reach their potential. And I believe it's the same for the child of God. If you live off the junk of the world, it will hinder your growth. And you won't function properly. It takes the nutrition of the preached word of God in the power and the demonstration of the Holy Holy Spirit and to feed the inner man for him to have the power and the nutrients and to grow in the fashion that God wants him to grow. I believe that's right. And so it's growth that the master was pleased with. But then I just began to read. I mean, it's just simple stuff, but I had never seen it and the Lord began to deal with my heart about it. It's amazing to me. It's no coincidence where the growth took place. It took place at Jordan. The Bible said they went to Jordan. They asked to go to Jordan. They knew the place where the growth needed to happen. And it was no coincidence that it took place at Jordan. Jordan speaks of division. Jordan speaks of dying out. Jordan was the separating place between those tribes that did not want the land of Canaan and those that did. All the others took their residence on that side of Jordan while all the others crossed the coast and went into the land of Canaan. It was coming across Jordan and they landed in Gilgal where the Lord commanded Joshua to circumcise again the people. And he said, This day I've rolled the reproach of Egypt off from you and have separated you unto myself. And so Jordan speaks of separation. And if we're going to grow like we ought to grow, there's going to be some Jordan experiences and some things we're going to have to leave behind, some ropes we're going to have to cut off, some weights we're going to have to lay aside and go forward with God in the place where He brings us to grow. Many people get to Jordan and they don't grow because they won't do anything but Jordan. Many people get to Jordan and they won't cross over. Many people get to Jordan and they're satisfied on this side when there's far more better on that side. But here's the reality. Those that stayed on this side of Jordan were no less the people of God than those on the other side. They were still identified with the name of God, but they missed out on all the things that God had for them. They never lived up to their full potential. And I'm afraid in these days in 2023 in our church world, we're living way below our spiritual rise. 
we're living way below our spiritual privileges because we've settled and we put down tent stakes on this side of Jordan we've decided we've grown enough we've gone far enough this is good it's well watered here our cattle do good here our children do good here and we don't even realize all there is on the other side I believe that's right I think a lot of people, they get saved. and I, I really believe, and I'm just trying to preach to you tonight. It's Wednesday night, and here we are. Uh, but I think there's a real misunderstanding about what salvation and the Christian experience is supposed to be among our fundamental Baptist churches in our day. I think the majority of the people of God think that salvation is a one-time thing. They get it and then they sit down and bide their time until they go to heaven, cross over and live in bliss and thank God that there is a land fairer than day. Thank God there is a sweet by and by. But salvation is just the beginning. Just as birth is the beginning. Jesus said it's like a new birth. And Nicodemus told him it had to be born again. And that's on the starting point. There's more to salvation than just getting in and dying. There's a life to be lived, a growth to experience between birth and death. That's right. I wonder how many of our people, I'm talking about the people of God, how many of them die in the wilderness? I wonder how many of them die on this side of Jordan. I wonder how many of them die without ever even having looked into the fullness and the abundance of the life of growth that God has for the child of God. That's why what people make statements like are made in our day. I'm talking about safe folk make statements like God doesn't do that anymore. Well, what they should say is as far as they know. And that's because they live on this side of Jordan. And they're not growing. People say, well, that kind of fellowship, that kind of relationship, that kind of walk's not possible anymore. Well, they should say as far as they know, they've decided to dwell over here. They won't do anything with their Jordan. They won't grow and go across to the place God has for them. And so if we're going to grow, I think according to the Scriptures, and not just this one, I think all of the times that we see the people of God come to Jordan, it's always a decision point. It's always a place of choice. And we're afraid of that word. But I'm going to tell you, after you get saved, God will bring you to some crossroads in your life, and you've got to make a choice. You can either choose like the two and a half tribes did to stay on this side or you can choose like all the others did to go on in and possess all that God has for you. One old preacher said there's no fences on the back side of Canaan. You can go as far as you want to go with God. I think if I study the Scriptures right and I've heard others say it, but they possess less than one-fourth of all that God promised them that they could possess. And I dare to say in our day, in this modern church age, we probably don't even have one-tenth of what God has for us. But I'm glad we can have more if we'll grow and desire it in this day. It pleases our master for us to grow. And he is, the church ain't our master. And the preacher ain't our master. And the deacons ain't our master. And the boards ain't our master. But our God's our master. And he's well pleased when his children grow. It's no different. I believe that God designed everything in the natural world to mimic and relate to something in the spiritual world. It's no different for a parent to go in and be proud. 
or to feel good. When the doctor comes in and begins to read the percentile, I remember when my girls were little, they'd come in and tell us that our girls were in the 90th percentile by their height or the 90th percentile by their weight. He would brag about how much they were growing, how good they looked, and it done something to me as their parent. I'm going to tell you, God's the same. He wants you to grow. It's His desire for you to get to your Jordan and to make the right choice there by His help and to go on into Canaan and grow with him that's right that is right and then we see there's some effort that had to be put forth I'm just preaching how God put it on my heart there was some effort the Bible said they asked him they said can we go down to Jordan can we take every man a beam and build us a place to live he said yeah they said will you go with us he said yeah I'll go and the Bible said they come to Jordan and they began to cut wood. They didn't walk down there to Jordan and say, all right, Master, make all the trees fall. They put forth some effort. Now I'm afraid, now I understand trusting in God's plan. I understand trusting and resting in God's power. He can do it all. But there are some things in this growing part that require some effort on our part. We're going to have to cut some trees. We're going to have to fell some dirt beams. We're going to have to put forth a little effort. And they weren't afraid to. And they weren't ashamed to. They loved their Master. And they loved the things of God. And they wanted a place where they could grow. And we ought to be willing to put forth the effort as good as God's been to us. But there's a love inside our heart for Him that ought to spur us on to grow and to get into deeper truths and higher heights and deeper depths. Yea, the deep things that the Bible says about God that God will reveal to His people eyes not seen, neither ear heard, neither is even entered in the heart of man of the things God has prepared for them that love Him not in heaven but God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. There are some things according to the Apostle Paul that are reserved for them who are well aged who by sense and exercise have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Strong meat belongeth to them who have been weaned off the milk of the Word and it gives them power in their growth. There's got to be some effort put forth. It's not a Sunday morning only thing. What if we fed our children just one time a week? How much growth would we expect for them to have? And I'm just preaching tonight. I mean, if we just fed them on Sunday morning and said that ought to be enough to carry you over to the next Sunday... Well, you say that's foolish. Well, how foolish is it of us just to come in the house of God once or twice or even three times a week? Just in, It's not just a house of God kind of life. It's a daily walk with Him. And that's the only way to grow is for you to get your daily nourishment. I can't give you, thank God, for the opportunity to stand. I love this place and I love my people and I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Thank God tonight. But I can't give you all the nourishment. There's some things you're going to have to dig out and find for yourself. That's right, brother. That is right. I can't walk around. I'm not being mean tonight. Nor am I preaching mean spirit. I'm preaching from my heart and love. I can't spoon feed you all the time. I can't follow you around all the time. But I'm glad there's a desire in a child of God who don't want to know more about our Lord. Yes, sir, brother. 
We sing that song, I want to know more about my Jesus. Yes, I do. And if you do, you'll want to know more and you'll do what you have to do. You'll put forth the effort to know more about Him so you can grow in Him. There has to be some effort. And in all the effort that we put forth, and I'm about done tonight, in all the effort that we put forth, we might as well know and live in the reality that as we purpose in our hearts to grow and put forth the effort to grow and get to our Jordan and deal with our Jordan and try our best to please our Master, there are going to be some obstacles that come up along the way. They were down there doing what they had been told to do. What they had been granted permission to do. What pleased their Master for them to do. They wanted to grow. They wanted a place where they can learn more about God and the things of God. They were at their Jordan doing what they ought to do. Putting forth the effort. But the Bible said while one of them was failing to beam, the axe had come off. And it fell in the water. Now I was reading this today. And the Lord spoke to my heart, and you can think it's foolish and silly, but He spoke to me through the Word of God, and I'd always thought every other time that I've read this Scripture, I don't know why, but I always had it in my mind, Brother Tim, that there's standing here next to some pollen, some steel body of water, and the axe head fell in and went to the bottom. But that's not what the Scripture said. It said they were at Jordan. They were in moving water. And I've been there. And Jordan is swift moving water. Especially when it's in the harvest season and it overflows its banks. And so it's highly likely that even the swiftness of the current would have pushed the axe head farther down the stream. It was an obstacle. Something, and we can stand and speculate and there's no need for me to take time to go into it all. We all have seasons and times in our life that we lose the cutting edge. That we lose the power. That's what he lost, the power. And I'm not, I understand, uh, thank God, but God got to willing in me today. I, I, there, there needs to be some preaching, I think, about losing the power because we're in that day. Uh, but thank God, don't stop there. Uh, tell me how to get it back again. Uh, I'm glad that a story didn't end with the axe at the bottom of the river. Uh, but thank God he brought it to the top and restored him to power again. We got too much preaching, I'm afraid, of those that will preach about losing the power that they stop there and don't tell the people of God that there's hope to get it back again. But he encountered an obstacle. He lost the power. Or he could have kept going through the motions. He could have kept swinging the handle. But without the head, wouldn't have done any good. He could have kept doing the movements. And everybody, if they didn't pay close attention, would think he was doing what everybody else was doing. But there'd be no progress being made. It took the power. It took the work of the head to make the tree fall. To do any good, to bring any success, took the power. I'm afraid in these days, we got a lot of the people of God that have lost the power. And we're swinging our handles and going through all the effort. I mean, he could have put forth as much effort. He could have swung with everything in him. But it wouldn't have done him any good. He didn't have any power. And I'm afraid that there are some people that are saved in the family of God. 
that they've encountered some obstacles, whatever they may be. I don't really feel like I ought to get into all that tonight. The Lord can deal with you Himself. I'm grateful for that. But there are some things. There were a couple things that came to my heart as the Lord began to deal with me. I thought about a lot of times and I busted a lot of wood in my lifetime and and I got a wood splitter, but I don't use it very much. And I'd rather bust it by hand if I can. But I've noticed some things about swinging the the axe or the go-devil or whatever. I've noticed some things. When you get real tired, you'll swing and hit the wrong thing. And I'm afraid that we've stood up here a lot of times as preachers. Now, I'm just preaching how the Lord told me to preach tonight. I'm afraid sometimes we stand up here as preachers and preach about what people have done that's caused them to lose the power. And there probably are some that need to be preached to about that. But sometimes it's just that we're so weary in well-doing that we faint in our heart and we lose the power. We take a wrong blow, a wrong strike, and the handle comes off the head, and then we're in trouble with loss of power. That's right. When you get too confident in yourself, I've, I don't know about any of you, but I'm talking about in physical labor, sometimes I felt that way and felt like I could ease up a little bit. You know, I knew about this piece of wood. I'd examined it, knew what it needed, and I thought, I don't have to swing quite as hard on this one, and I'll let up a little bit, and I'll hit in the wrong place, and then it causes problems. Sometimes I'm afraid in our day we, we get in our head we get to analyzing everything and think we got it all figured out. And when you get it all figured out, the head's fixing to come off. When you feel like you got it all figured out, got God figured out, there's a problem fixing to come up. I believe that's right. But we all are going to encounter obstacles. Regardless of what brought them there. Regardless of why they were put in our way. Maybe just doing the best we can at times. We get to a place in our life discouragement and despair and depression. And it causes the head to get loose on the handle. And we don't have the power that we once had. But I'm glad the story does not stop there. But thank God there was a remedy. There was a way to get it back. And I'm amazed at the Word of God. I say that, and I'm a little bit on the fence about whether we ought to say that. Sometimes I think saying we're amazed suggests a part of us doubts it. But I am amazed at the Word of God that the servant said, Alas, Master! He knew who to go to when he needed the power back. I'm going to tell you, I thank God tonight. I know who to go to. I can't deal with you when I need the power back. And I can't deal with my wife when I need the power back. I can't deal with nobody, no other preacher as much as I love. And I've got wonderful friends and preacher friends in this life and friends in you. But you can't get the power back for me. But thank God I've got a master that knows my needs and knows my trouble. And he can help me get it back like it used to be. He said, alas, master. For it was borrowed. I didn't own it. I'm going to tell you tonight, we better never get to the place that we feel like we own the power. He said, where fell it? In other words, he said, you know where it happened. And you need to fess up and tell me where it happened. He said, right there. And the Bible said that he cut down a stick. Now this word stick in 2 Kings chapter 6 is translated many ways in the Word of God. But the most often is translated tree. And so it would lead us to believe that Elisha cut down a small tree and threw it in the water. 
And it's the same word tree that's translated that in Galatians when it talks about how Christ was hanged upon a tree. I'm going to tell you, I'm glad there's a remedy tonight to get the power back like it used to be. We better get back to Calvary and say, Lord, I need help one more time. Somebody wrote a song, I keep coming back to the well of grace. I'm glad it's not a one-time thing. I understand we get saved and what's done on that instance is eternal. But I'm glad that the fountain didn't stop there, but I'm glad I took a trip back more than once and got renewed and refreshed and revived and restored like I used to be. Thank God there's a remedy to get the power back. And so I wonder tonight, if you've got a desire to grow. I mean, I know here we are on Wednesday night and most of the time, you know, everybody says, and I know the years that I've pastored, usually the cream of the crop and the backbone of the church is always present on Wednesday night and you kind of wonder in yourself as a preacher and a pastor why the Lord wants us to be preached on Wednesday night, but the Lord knew. He knew why we needed it. He knew I needed it and I got it before you did and I thank God for it. He's worked in my heart in it. And I've asked Him for myself, Lord, increase my desire to grow. Lord, I don't want to get satisfied with just this narrow... The word straight means narrow. It means small, cramped. And I'm afraid we've... The majority of the church is crammed in this place that God never intended for us to stay. Very few of the people of God are wanting to go on toward Jordan and put forth some effort and cut down some trees and grow in the Lord. But I want to. I'm not saying that arrogantly or boastfully tonight, but I want to. I want to please my Master. I know it pleases Him when we grow, when we have a desire to grow. And I know there are going to be some obstacles along the journey. I know there are going to be some days we get weary. I know there are going to be some days we might lose the cutting edge or lose the power. But thank God tonight we don't have to stay in that shape. There's a remedy and there's a fix. The Bible said that the iron did swim. Don't say it floated. It said it swam. The language of the Word of God leads us to believe that it pushed against the current. For that person, that servant, that son of the prophet, Elisha said, reach forth your hand and take it. Now I don't know how you... I'm just speculating and just kind of preaching how I feel in my heart that it's okay to preach. I don't know how you swing when you're swinging an axe, but I use the swing pretty full force. And if the head comes off, it ain't going to just land on the side of the bank just in need. If it was just right there at the edge, he could have got it himself. But it's way out yonder. Apparently, according to the Scriptures, he said, where fell it? I mean, if he could have reached out and got it, it's just right there next to the water, he would have never had to bother Elisha. But he said, it's gone. I don't know where it's at. I don't have the power to get it back again. And he said, it wasn't mine to begin with. Elisha said, where'd it go? He said, I think right over yonder in that area. He just cut down that tree and threw it in. And the Bible said it swam. The iron did swim. It come back to the place that made it accessible. I don't know if that does anything to you tonight, but it does something in my heart. 
to know that I serve a God that when it's my fault and my mess up and it goes flying out yonder in the water and it don't belong to me in the first place and I can't get it back and I can't reach to where it is. I'm glad I serve a God that when I cry out, He can make it accessible again to me. Despite all obstacles, despite all the odds, despite all the figuring, He can make it work for you tonight. He can make your iron swim. You might be here tonight and you feel like you've lost the power. Lost the cutting edge and you've done everything you can to get it back and you can't find it. You know where it fell, but it's impossible. It's out of your reach. I'm telling you tonight, you can cry to Him and He can make it accessible. He can make her swim. I'm glad He can. I just feel like I need to ask you tonight, do you have a desire to grow? The Lord speaking to your heart tonight as we stand all over the house on a Wednesday night. 